1: Hey. Man, someone got it right, right? Here's how I think the hay should be going. It should be going like this. Hey. Who wants to go?
0: Hey! Hey! Hey!
1: Hey! 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 Make it like all your dreams just came true.
0: Hey.
1: The percentage of people that scream hay from their diaphragm early in the morning. Now imagine screaming the word, hey, leaning back and staring up into the sky, right? I'm gonna actually share some realizations. I have four things I wanna go through. Right now, I'm in Aruba, and it's absolutely beautiful. I'm walking on the beach right now, and had a ton of realizations, self-awareness lessons, as I'll say, the first self-awareness lesson has to do with the concept of looking up. So as I was on this vacation in Aruba, by the way, vacations aren't easy for me. Like a lot of people look at vacations as, uh, you know, they look forward to location, uh, to vacations. For me, I, I'm not good at vacations. I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm very intense. I, I work, you know, 12 plus hours a day when I'm dialed in throughout most weeks. It's hard for me to do a vacation. It's actually a skill I've had to get slightly better at uh, over the past three, five years or so. Um, it's just not easy for me to do vacations because I'm so, I'm so constantly kind of being creative and working. So it's exciting every time I do a vacation, I'm able to learn something new about myself from a self-awareness perspective. And the first one that I learned is the importance of looking up. There's these things that we have in our pockets all day. I think most of us are on it right now. What what am I talking about? Anyone want to unmute and tell me what I'm talking about? Your phone. Your phone. Cell phone exactly the phone, right? We're on it right now. We have it in our pocket. We have it next to us when we sleep. We have it through all of our ups and downs in life. It's always there right next to us. The question is, are you using the phone or is the phone using you? Are you using the phone or is the phone using you? The first realization I had on this trip as I kind of stepped away from my cell phone, just real little stuff go into the elevator um, and the impulse when the phone is on me, the impulse is to look down and pull out the what? Crazy little stuff. I'm here at this beautiful beach resort, Rich Carlton, Aruba, like all these people on vacation. And I go to the elevator and I'm looking down at my phone. I'm in the elevator and instead of saying, hey, what's up? My name's Bill, where are you from? How long you been in Aruba? Instead of doing that, I'm looking down at my phone. Ah, I had a realization there. The reason I had that realization is because I was watching a TED talk from this, this guy who did all this research into what looking down does, genetically, like actually to the human, emotional state, right, when you look down, it makes you not feel good. All the studies show this. So unconsciously, when we look down at our phones, we're actually triggering negative emotions in our body. and We don't even know it. We think, oh, we're, tr- we're going to look at our phone to check social media. And that's true, and yeah, you may get a little dopamine hit from checking social media or checking email or checking whatever. The question is, is that little dopamine hit worth, A, the emotional tax that comes with it when you're looking down. When, if cavemen were to watch film of human, modern-day humans... If cavemen were to watch film of modern day humans looking down at their phones, they would tilt their heads and go, oh, is this this human hurt? Through body language, the caveman would think that this human is hurt. So body language has such an important impact on how we feel. So I want everyone to make a commitment that today, at least one time today, when you feel the impulse to look down at your phone, You'll train yourself to look up. You'll train yourself literally, physically. I want everyone to do this real quick. Look up, look up, like tilt your head back. I'm doing it right now myself. Everyone do it real quick. Look up, okay? Can I get a commitment from everyone? Unmute and say yes if I can get a commitment that you'll do that at least one time today.
0: Yes. Yes, yes.
1: So. Yes. yes. yes, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. And then let someone else know how it made you feel when you looked up and spread the message about looking up. The second thing is your hands. Now, most times our hands are tilted towards our bodies, meaning that the front of our hands are facing the front of wherever we're going. In six and a half years of meditating every day and practicing mindfulness, the number one takeaway I've ever learned is to welcome the present moment. To welcome the present moment. And if you also look at body language, like in terms of what humans do, what humans do when they see someone that they love or when they see a long-lost friend their hands go out they go oh my gosh they they put their hands up and out when they meet someone that maybe is a long-lost friend or someone they're excited to see in preparation for a hug so as you're looking up let your hands face outward Let your hands face outward to accept the present moment. So you're looking up, your hands are faced outward, meaning the inside of your hands are facing out. You're welcoming this present moment. Ah, doesn't that feel good? Looking up, not down at your phone, having your hands out, not protected, faced in. The third realization, welcoming the present moment by having a welcoming body position, looking up from your phone, not down at it. The third realization is the importance of moving forward, moving what?
0: Forward. 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 Forward,
1: Bill. I had to look down at my phone. Sorry. Forward. <laughs> okay. forward, forward. forward. So I want everyone look up put your hands out and take a step forward. Look up, face your hands out, take a step forward. Look up, face your hands out, take a step forward. Take a step forward. Why is taking a step forward important? Because in any moment you can step forward from the past at any moment in time the realization I had with this was we were riding not dune buggies, but it felt like it. We were riding these UTVs, which are like the, Oh my God, the most fun thing ever in the desert here in Aruba. We did it like four days. It was so fun. And we're driving down this like desolate road and we're on the UTV and my wife, Emily had this realization and she said, she said, cause we were talking about facing your hands out. She said, face your hands out and let the wind, we're going like, you know, 60 miles an hour on this thing. It was amazing. Let the wind push every negative motion you've ever had, any limiting belief, anything in the past, you don't want to be true and just let the wind push that behind you. That's the power of moving forward. So I just wanted to share those three takeaways from this trip. Um, Number one, look up. Number two, face your hands out. Welcome the present moment. Number three, keep moving forward and let the gentle wind. You can barely feel when you walk forward. The gentle wind actually push whatever negative emotion or anything that you don't wanna be true in your life, let it just push it behind you. Walk into a new a new you. The second thing I wanted to share is some insights on the law of attraction. So I resisted watching this film called The Secret uh, for years. I never watched it before the plane ride here to Aruba. Uh, Let me see some mic flashes for those of you who have actually watched the movie The Secret. Let me see how many of you have actually watched it. Okay, it looks like Glenn's watched it. Looks like Mary Lynn. Looks like Monica. Me, 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 me. Okay, Mary Kim. Uh, Let me see. Michelle. Um, Looks like Patricia. Linnell. The guy in the hat. Even the guy in the hat watched it. So, thank you, everyone. I never watched it, I kind of resisted it. I thought it was. You know I didn't know what I didn't know I, it, it's not that I resisted I just didn't watch it so I finally watched it I went out to dinner with this guy who runs the largest uh, largest law firm in, in Kentucky and he was just he wouldn't shut up about it this night I had dinner with him and so I figured okay I'll watch it and I wanted to share just some quick insights from that um, I think the first insight is obviously the importance of focusing on what you want, right? And I think for those of you who watched it, the number one concept I think in the law of attraction is thoughts become things. Thoughts become things. So the question to have in your mind at all as frequently as you can based on my understanding of it is what do I want versus what don't I want what do I want to avoid versus what do I want now this is where positive thinking can become negative thinking hey listeners if you enjoy listening to breakfast with champions we can bet you care about your daily routine do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine it's the perfect morning Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. You watch something like The Secret, you watch an ins- inspirational video, you watch something that gets you motivated, but then you realize, oh crap, my thoughts aren't perfectly in line with this. And that creates an inner resistance. I should be thinking positively, but I'm not. Right? That in and of itself, that resistance will actually wipe away the positive thought that you were trying to think in the first place. It's called cognitive dissonance in psychology. So I need to be thinking more positive. 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Notice how thinking positive can turn into thinking negative. Can I get a yes? If that makes any sense to you? Yes. 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 What if you were completely accepting? What if you were entirely in acceptance of what you're currently thinking? What if there was no resistance? to what you're currently thinking would you be better able to gently replace whatever you're currently thinking with a more positive thinking pattern if you were fully accepting right yes you'd be you'd be it's easier when there's less resistance right what do you want Okay? Feelings tell us what we're thinking. Feelings tell us what we're thinking, consciously or unconsciously. If you feel any bit of anxiety, any bit of doubt, any bit of I don't believe in where I'm going, I don't believe in my full potential, feelings tell us what we're thinking, consciously or unconsciously. This is why I think meditation is so important because it allows you to identify without criticism. Oh man, I'm thinking this. I have a belief around this as positive as I am. In one of my meditations when I was on this trip, I had the realization, and you know, this sounds crazy when I told my wife this, I had the realization that I have three core fears as I've scaled my business. Number one, is that all of my marketing investments are not going to work out. Number two is my entire team is going to leave me. And number three is all of my past successes were just luck. I was able to see that in one of my meditations. Those are all negative thoughts, though, Bill. Didn't you feel terrible thinking those thoughts? No, not at all. Cause I didn't resist those thoughts. If you want to be more of a high performer in your, more of a high performer in your life, learn how to leverage negative emotions. I just interviewed Emmett Smith yesterday, the number one running back of all time. And Emmett Smith talked about this when I interviewed him, right? You you see this in the Last Dance documentary, right? You see Michael Jordan creating enemies in his mind, having something to prove. That's not all positive emotions, my friends. Right? So learning how to leverage negative emotions, what Tim Grover calls the dark side, is like this superpower. It's this unstoppable fuel most people run from negative emotions very few people embrace them so again three fears I had all my marketing investments are not gonna work number one number two my team is going to leave me my entire team is gonna leave me and number three is every past success I've had was luck I got to reprove myself I got to reprove myself I got to reprove myself I have this event that we're holding uh, called the Lead Abundance Challenge 2.0. Um, actually, I can probably put it up here. Let me see if I can. Uh, so we just, t- uh, I think last night we got the contract for Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, Lead Abundance Challenge. Congratulations on Gary v. Woo! Absolutely. Appreciate that. Um,
0: what's that so, going to cost, Bill? What's that? What's that going to cost?
1: Uh, 75 grand,
0: 75 K yeah. And, and we got virtually.
1: Yep, And we got, uh, we got James clear, the author of atomic habits. And then we have Michael Gerber, the author of e-myth, um, at the event. And, um, it's, it's going to be crazy. So my belief, so we have all these, you know, big speakers for this upcoming challenge we're holding. Called Lead Above Inch Challenge 2.0. I just put the link up there. My my belief is that the whole event is gonna burn down and nothing is going to work, and all of our past event successes are just gonna, we're just luck. And that's awesome because it keeps a beginner's mind for me. Those are my root fears. So when my team wonders why is bill so maniacal about every detail on these events that we hold it's because those are my fears my fear is that i still got to prove myself we're still just getting started we're not even close to where we could be i'd rather operate with that mentality than oh i got it man all good all good it'll all pan out perfectly that's me though and i know some of you may have different different operating behaviors, but I don't, it's cool, man. I don't need to resist that. I don't need to resist that. My natural predisposition is towards those fears. If I don't resist it, it doesn't affect me. If it causes action, I'll sign up for fear every day of the week. If it turns into positive, productive action, if it turns into sulking and feeling bad for myself, Fear is a bad thing. Okay, Elon Musk, I I brought this up probably 10 times on Breakfast of Champions. When interviewed about fear, he said, how are you so, this guy said, how are you so fearless? It was like a Y Combinator interview. He goes, I'm not fearless. I just, I feel fear quite strongly. I just act in spite of the fear. This is like what, in entrepreneur world, people would label as one of the most courageous people out there, saying, I feel fear quite strongly, I just act in spite of it. Stop running from fear, embrace it. If you're not feeling fear, you're not committing to big enough stuff. We just spent $110,000 to get James Clear and Gary Vee at this event. 110 grand cash out of my bank account, not payment plans, like one upfront payment. 110 grand. See, someone had to unmute because they're freaking out right now. 110, 110. You know what I mean? (laughs) See, I would have unmuted too. So I bring that up because I can I can have that emotion and then I can immediately focus on what I do want is I do want the event to be a success. I do want the, you know, the investments that we make in the event to be a success, etc. That's what I want. But that doesn't mean I'm going to run from those fears. That's being a coward. I did that for years, by the way, when I was struggling with anxiety, I tried to distract my mind every time I thought about anxiety. I tried to oh, oh, uh, think about something positive. Uh. The ultimate form of courage is where you can hug think your about fears. something
0: positive to do.
1: Yeah, the ultimate form of courage is to like literally be able to hug your fears, kiss them, give them a smooch on the cheek. What's up fear? How you doing, man? good morning to you man you're up early this morning (laughs) that's crazy man all right i'll talk to you later i got stuff to do again if you don't want to feel fear don't do anything big don't do anything that scares you your relationship to fear there's a book called feel the fear and do it anyway feel the fear and do it anyway The book talks about how the most quote unquote courageous people in the world, they become desensitized to fear. They don't run from fear. They actually seek out experiences that cause fear and they do it in spite of the fear. I've said this before, fear is wetting your pants. Courage is doing what you set out to do with wet pants. When we were riding on the UTBs in the desert, believe me, my wife was, (laughs) she was in extreme fear. I was flying. I was going 80 miles, 60 miles an hour, 80 kilometers per hour on these, these tight dirt roads, drifting, doing complete, like drifting completely sideways. She's like, oh my God, stop. And then afterwards, when we got to this town, I was like, Do you really wish I stopped? She was like, no, that was amazing. I was like, okay, interesting. She was screaming, stop, 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 stop. But then one of the most memorable experiences of her trip was when she was screaming, stop, 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 stop. When we were on the UTVs. If this is making any sense, can I get a quick? Yes. Yes. Yes, definitely, bro.
0: Right? Yes. Bill, one thought. Yeah. Your, your brilliance has highlighted the fact that fear really is meant for us to act. But we've genera- generationally, we've we've atrophied into fear means paralysis.
1: Necessity is the mother of invention. Right? We've all heard that saying, necessity is back up against the wall it's another word for fear it's another word for a forcing function you are forced to innovate necessity is the mother of invention right so appreciate that ed so the next thing i want to go into is some realizations i had on the innovation secrets of steve jobs and then i'm going to close this out by talking about the science of building momentum So I read this book called the innovation secrets of Steve jobs. Um, and I wanted to share some of my biggest takeaways from it. Super amazing book. And I was, I was super shocked actually when I, when I was reading the book and the reason I was shocked was because half of the book was talking about vision and I thought I was going to talk about innovation. Like how do you innovate new products? Right? And there's two types of innovation that the book makes clear. There's innovation with a lowercase i, and there's innovation with an uppercase i. So capital I and lowercase i. So uh, innovation with a capital I is literally innovating a new product category. So for example, when the iPad was invented or the iPod was invented, it changed the entire music industry. When the iPad was invented, it created an entirely new product category. That's innovation with a capital I. Innovation with a capital I is also like Henry Ford, uh, transitioning from horse and buggy to the motor vehicle, the first version of the motor vehicle. Most of us can't relate to innovation with an uppercase I. I know I can't, I don't believe I have the skills yet in order to do anything like that, but we all can embrace Innovation with a lowercase i in any area of our life. Innovation with a lowercase i is solving something right now. Right when? Go ahead. Three, two, one. Now. 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 Right now. Not 10 years from now. Innovation with a small i is experience problem, design new solution right now. It's it's a prototype. It's, a, it's an out the door minimum viable product prototype. So think about this in your life. There's, in, there's innovation with a lowercase i, you can do as it pertains to your health, you can do as it pertains to your relationships, you can do as it pertains to your business, you can do it any area of your life. The number one question to ask, ask yourself for low, uh, innovation with lowercase i is, what belief am I currently operating on? That's the first question to ask yourself. Okay, the second question to ask yourself is, what actions are stemming from that belief? So think about this with your health. My belief is I have to work out, like I'll just give you a quick example on exercise. Okay. My belief could be I have to work out alone doing strength training in order to be healthy. The actions there is you create all this pressure on yourself that I need the perfect workout plan. I got to work out alone. I got to lift weights. So the actions that materialize from that is again, you feel that exercise has to be an individualistic activity that involves weight training. A lot of guys fall into this trap. You see them at the gym, right? They're silent, they have headphones in, and they're just brute forcing it out, using their willpower every single day to work out. So that's current belief, that's your current belief that you're operating with and the actions that are tied to that current belief. Innovation with a small eye is thinking to yourself, what new belief could be there for me and what new action set could be there for me to reach the same goals with less effort, less sweat, right, and better results. So, you go through an epiphany, you think, oh, there's like studies out there on the power of the group accountability effect, how people who work out together are 95% more likely to actually follow through on it, and people who have a shared calendar event in their calendar that's shared with someone else, three X's, 300% increases, the, the likelihood that you follow through. So you basically get a 200% increase through, through group accountability, you get a 300% increase. So you combine these two factors, group accountability effect and the calendar effect, and you're 600% more likely to actually work out if you do it in a group and it's in a shared calendar event with someone else. Okay, that's maybe evidence for a new belief that group working out can benefit you, which could create a new action set. Instead of toughing it out every single day, I'm gonna sign up for a group workout class. And I'm gonna do high intensity interval training because it's healthier for cardio health and it works out my entire body multiple days per week instead of just isolating muscles for a few days a week. And you try out that new action set. Right? That is innovation with a small I applied to health. Right? You can innovate in small areas of your life by identifying what current belief am I operating on, what actions are tied to that current belief, what new belief could I be operating on, what new belief could be there for me, and then what new action set would be tied to that belief. That's literally how you rewire your belief system. I created a tool called the billionaire brain rewiring Tool on this and it's at my tools bundle tools.smbteam.com. Um, but that's not the point. The point is you can actually change your beliefs and you can change the actions tied to them. So I wanted to share that quick takeaway. Okay. So make small innovations. The point is make small innovations in your life. Don't tolerate the current beliefs and actions that you're operating on and question, is there a new belief there? And is there a new action set tied to that belief? The same thing applies to your business, right? You're operating on current beliefs. What new beliefs could exist? The greatest gift anyone could ever give you is the gift of a belief shift. Can I get a (laughs) whoo? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was a spooky whoo. Okay. The gift of a belief shift. When you're not questioning your beliefs this is my last point on this. When you're not questioning your beliefs, you'll seek out tactics. When you're not questioning your beliefs, you seek out tactics. Oh, how can I hack Facebook ads? How can I make more money fast without working? How can I do it? tactics, 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 tactics? When you're ready and prepared for a belief shift, you seek principles. There's four levels of learning. There's tactics, that's the lowest level of learning, meaning it's the lowest value level of learning. Tactics change all the time. The the next level is strategies. Strategies are tactics tied together. Strategies change too. The strategies that worked on Facebook ads 10 years ago are different than the strategies that work now. The third level is one of the highest levels of learning, is principles. The third level of learning is principles. Seek principles in every area of your life and you won't won't have to worry about the tactics or the strategies not working because you'll have principles to bank on. And the fourth level of learning is essence. This is the closest thing to God that learning gets. It's the closest thing to your identity that learning gets. The true essence of the person. See, principles is gravity. Would it be smart to try to go against the principle of gravity? Yes or no? No. Does gravity care if you think gravity isn't real? No. Nope. No. <laughs> Does the law of inertia care if you don't believe it? Does the law of momentum care if you don't believe it? Does, do the laws of the universe care if you believe them or not? No, go ahead and test they carry out. Carry on. Right, go ahead and, and test out your anti-gravity thesis, jump off a mountain, right? And you won't live to tell what happened. So that's why principles are so powerful. I remember when I learned this about public speaking. Since you know we run some uh, events that are like one of the primary pieces of our business. Um, when I learned this about public speaking, it changed my life. I can't. One of the top five realizations I've had in the last two years was when I met Myron Golden, who who is uh, one of my public speaking coaches, and Myron Golden. He taught me to be a principled public speaker and not worry about the tactics and not worry about the strategies. Principled, principled. I remember I used to use these slides when I was doing events. I used to use, I mean 200 slide PowerPoint decks I would do for every speech I ever did. Well, I gotta hit on this specific point and I gotta do this specific thing at this specific point, blah, 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 blah. It was all strategies and tactics. Then I met Myron, and he was like, dude, you don't need any slides at all. I was so scared the first time I did a big monetization presentation with no slides. I was literally petrified. I was like, dude, we invested $300,000 in this event. Like, I have to succeed. He was like, don't use any slides. I was like, okay, I'll try it. And we made $2 million from that first event when I used no slides because I followed principles. I didn't need the slides. Imagine if we apply that to every single area of our life. right? Imagine if we apply principles to growing our businesses rather than tactics. Imagine if we apply principles to getting our health in check rather than tactics. Imagine if we do the same thing for any area of our life so we don't have to worry about the tactics. I'll give you guys a quick example of principles. A principle that I learned about public speaking, which you guys hear me do all the time, I didn't do it as much today, but you guys always hear me get crowd engagement. I have you unmute and say yes, right? That's called that's called an altar call, I'm sorry, that's called a choir director close. When I ask for feedback from you guys, you guys don't even notice this, this is a principle of public speaking, I say, if that makes sense to you, say yes in three, two, one. Go say yes. You can actually say yes.
0: <laughs>
1: yes.
0: yes. yes. <laughs> Amen, brother. I'm ready for the altar call.
1: Right? So that so that's the choir director close. I don't I don't go, does that does that I don't say, does that make sense to you? Pause then you're gonna feel uncomfortable i say if that makes sense to you say yes in three two one right that is a principle of public speaking the more they say the more they do the better a result they get i can say one thing a million times when i'm speaking but until you say it when it comes out of your mouth you'll believe it when it comes out of my mouth you may believe it you might believe it That's a principle of public speaking. That is the number one principle of selling from stage. Get, the more you get the audience to say and do, the more they buy. Again, that doesn't require slides. Another principle of public speaking is, if you wanna sell from stage, is only teach things that will create the belief shift that will cause them to buy what you're selling. Don't teach random stuff about astrophysics and then random stuff about this and then ask them to buy your product. Teach them the things that will give them the belief shifts required for them to believe that they can purchase your product. These are principles. Okay. Another principle, people only do what other people are doing. So again, I could say all this amazing stuff about what product or service we sell, but if you don't see other people winning with that product or service, you're, again, you're not going to believe, you may believe what I'm saying. I don't have I don't have time for maybes though. Right? So principle based thinking. All right. Last thing is momentum. Let's talk about the law of momentum. Momentum is a very simple equation. How many of you want to create unstoppable momentum in your lives to where everything you touch feels like it's turning to gold? Say yes in three, two, one, if that's what you want. Three, yes. two, one. Yes. 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 We all want momentum. Okay. Again, yesterday I interviewed Emmett Smith, the number one leading all time rusher in the NFL, on my talk show. And Emmett Smith, you know, he won three Super Bowls in the course of four years. I think it was 93, 94, 95 or 93 94 96 I asked him yesterday about this. I said, "What does momentum feel like?" He's he's like it's this lion mentality. It's this you know, he had a he had a hurt shoulder the second year he won the Super Bowl and he still won the Super Bowl cuz he won it the year prior. The momentum was there. His standard was clear. I'm doing this thing. I don't care if my shoulders hurt. So moment the actual equation of momentum is mass times velocity. Mass is the quantity of matter in a physical body. Velocity is the rate of a changing position. So mass times velocity is momentum. So you can create momentum by having a big mass with less velocity However, most of us have a small mass and need to use velocity to build momentum in our lives. I'll give you an example. In business, every industry, every vertical, most verticals, I should say, have a big spending player in the market. Okay, A car dealership has that really big car dealership in their market. Um, a, A law firm has the really big Morgan & Morgan you know national players in in every market right every single small business has a big fish in a local market the big fish they're playing the mass game mass is two things in business budget and brand budget and brand so the companies that leverage mass to create momentum are the ones who have already spent a ton of money budget and as a result, built a brand. Those are the two B's of the business mass equation. Most of us don't have big brands or big budgets. I'm talking millions and millions of dollars budgets, right? So in business, we have to use velocity Velocity to create momentum. The awesome thing about that is the small, the small businesses can play a velocity game. Cause you can pivot quickly. You can try new things quick. There's no approvals. You know, it's like, you can just like machine gun really quickly. Try new things. The rate of a changing position. So I want to challenge everyone. If you want to grow in your life, try new things faster. See, we, we, we see the stories of like Warren Buffett falling in love with investing at a young age and Michael Jordan finding the basketball at a young age. And we think, well, I guess easy for them. They found their purpose early. Yeah, that's kind of luck. If Michael Jordan had a different upbringing or a different set of circumstances in his life, maybe he wouldn't have picked up the basketball until he was 18 years old. Then he wouldn't have had the time. To get the first mover advantage, that's great. That's not most of us though. Most of us have to try a ton of stuff to A, find our purpose and B, find what works. That's cool, that's called life. That's freaking, that's so fun. Can you believe that we get to do that? That's so cool. We get to test out all this stuff. You don't actually find your purpose. You don't, you don't like in a, in a meditative pose, oh, that's my purpose. You discover it through action. Very different, you don't find it, you discover it through action. See, even Colonel Sanders, founder of KFC, until his 60s, things didn't dial in. If you actually study the rate of growth of the most successful people in business, most of the rapid growth happens after age 50. Why is that? Right? It's because they tried more stuff. Necessity is the mother of invention. Usually, this is unfortunate, but true. I think it's fortunate, quite frankly. Something bad needs to happen to shake you up in order for you to go and try something new. Something bad can happen internally or externally. I know for me, when I when I was struggling with anxiety disorder, it was an internal struggle. It was, dude, I have way more to me than what I'm currently doing. It materialized in this treacherous levels of anxiety, and I realized, dude, I I must make a change. I must. I what? Go ahead in three, two, one. Must 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 must. make make a a change. change not kinda want to, not, it'd be nice if, blah, 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 blah. When pain is high, you should be smiling ear to ear. Oh man, opportunity's coming, a change is coming. Closer to purpose is coming. Right, so velocity, we're all playing a velocity game. Unless you were born into a family with unlimited money, unless you're running some company that has a huge brand, right? mass is earned over time velocity can start right now here's the awesome thing starting right now with whatever mass you're currently at whatever experience and wherever you're at right now okay think about this in bodybuilding the person who already has five percent body fat or that's too low let's say ten percent body fat Is it easier or harder to maintain having low body fat than to actually reach it, right? It's easier to maintain it. Once you've achieved 10% body fat, it is dramatically easier to keep it that way than it is to get there. Why? Because it requires a calorie deficit to get there. And that's not comfortable. That means you have to eat less than what your body needs. It feels like you're starving. Right, But once you're there, it's not as hard. That means you build up mass. So in the beginning, it requires velocity to get there. The awesome thing about this is wherever you're starting right now, there's something called the snowball effect, which Warren Buffett, there's a book on uh, that has to do all about Warren Buffett called the snowball effect. And the snowball effect, you can start right now. You can be a medium sized snowball in anything in your life. And you can start rolling down the snow hill and at the bottom of the snow hill, the snowball will be bigger than it was at the top of the snow hill. Velocity builds mass. So if you want to create unstoppable momentum in your life, move faster, try more things, stop taking 10 years to make pivots in your life, make a pivot every week, question your beliefs every single week. And you will build like science shows you will actually build momentum in your life. Faster velocity. Come on, take the things you were going to do that were going to take five years. Oh, we'll do this in five years. I was talking to this guy at this group, this, this group workout place I go to. And he's like, I was like, what, what are your financial targets? Cause he wanted me to mentor him. And he said, my targets like to make 300 grand. I was like, how long? He was like, uh, like, I think he said like nine years or something crazy. I was just like, dude, there's no possible way I can mentor you. Like, are you, it should not take you nine years to make $300,000 a year. Like do it by the end of this year and I'll mentor you. He's like, well, I got to think about it. I got to put things in place. I'm like, fine, dude, think about it until you're ready. I can't mentor you until it's a decision, not an interest. I can't help you. When it becomes a decision though, the universe will get out your way, as Will Smith as Will Smith once said. So, the one thing I just want to leave everyone with is the importance of money. So, there's this concept which I shared before called the pain of payment effect. It's that Release of cortisol and dopamine within a short time window. When you spend money on something, it creates a form of commitment, right? Which is the dopamine. And it concurrently creates the feeling of what's called buyer's remorse, which is the release of cortisol or stress hormone. When you pay for stuff, it is like 10 times more likely that you will take action on it. So, if you're considering buying a course from someone or buying coaching from someone, you better hope the coach is charging a lot of money so you pay attention to that coach. Because you'll take more action if they are. It'll break through the, again, the pain. Necessity is the mother of invention, remember? The pain of payment, of paying for something creates action. So, this is why getting your money right is so vitally important. I said this yesterday on my talk show, like, until you have the problem of too much money, that's your top problem. Obviously, tied to providing a great service to people and not ripping people off. I'm assuming that you're a good person and that you believe that the law of reciprocity will take place and you'll receive more money if you help more people. Even Emmett Smith talked about this yesterday when I interviewed him. He's like, man, it's all about service. When I stepped on that football field for the Dallas Cowboys, every time I thought, man, we have these thousands and thousands of people who paid money to watch me play ball. So my sore back or my sore thighs or my sore leg, that doesn't matter right now. They're taking time out of their weekend to watch me play service but bill what he's an athlete does that make any sense doesn't he just focus on the game and being you know no he actually looked at football as a business that's why he got paid so much right so for those of you who are in business looking to start a business or looking to hit the next level in business go find a way to profit more from your currently from your current business i used to think i used to have the opposite belief on this i used to think it's okay to have a low margin business and grind it out like jeff bezos did and we hear all these stories you know about how jeff bezos didn't have a profit for years and years and years that's not you okay go get some freaking profit unless you're innovating the next big tech platform you need a lot of profit you need so much money that you're like where do I even possibly spend this? Right? And I'm talking to myself right now, because I'm not there. Like, there's so much more that we all could be doing to be, because reinvestment is the key to momentum in business. Anyone I've ever interviewed that had rocket growth in their business, they had a big cash flow, a big cash flow event of sorts, They reinvested it, they hit the next level because they were prepared for it. That's all I got, guys. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you wanna catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 11 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.